Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Don't stress. Listen to the podcast at WTIC.com or on the free Odyssey app. Thanks for being here on a Monday afternoon. Nice to be hanging out together and, uh, and debating these issues. Big things going on in the country that reveal a lot. We've got to step outside of the normal boxes and see them fresh. Frank's calling from Bristol. Hey, Frank. Hey, Tom. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yeah, this is not an argument. This is just conversation. The guy that made the statement that blacks are inher- black men are inherently... Uh, violent. I mean, it's it's like you, you're not understanding that humans are flawed, and humans make errors. Hum, humans sin. That, regardless of what we are being coded with, because it's all a code. It's not a skin color. Because no one is black skin. No one is white skin. We are coded. So when the government or whomever and us in general, we, mm-hmm. we continue this lie that people are black, people are white. So if a person or a group is inherently violent and you code them, the system is going to go after them because they are violent. Because of their and coding. Because of their coding. That, Which so means if, that you could create the kind of behavior that the caller was referring to. So if a certain group of people are perceived a certain way by the police and then treated a different way because of that, they could also be enticing the behavior that the people are being accused of engaging in. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very interesting absolutely. stuff. Thank you for that, Frank. I'm out of time. Got to run. But I appreciate hearing from you. 860-522-9842. Let's check in with Mark Christopher. He's watching the roads. It's Monday. It should be mellow and easy. 
Let's go to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center, Mark. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Good afternoon. Let's talk to Dave in Brantford. Always a fun person to chat with. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Todd, how are you? What's on your mind uh, about this? I had to get off speed. I have three points if I get that far. Mm-hmm. On the TV news and in the New Haven Register, I noticed that the people with the big signs and the bullhorns on the New Haven Green, at the bottom of their signs, they're marching under the banner of Party for Socialism and Liberation. New Haven <laughs> has been a hot spot for Communist Party USA for a long time. Yeah. Joel Fishman and Gus Hall, they were always running for Congress and president. And it looks like uh, these bad people, the commies under the bed, they're always looking for a chance to spring out and make trouble. And so, I, you know, I'd like you to note that. Thank Party you. for social, socialism and liberation. We don't need that to make hay out of this. Number two, the car, the original takedown that there's no body camera footage of. The paper reported it was an unmarked uh, police car that, uh, in quotes, had not yet been equipped because there was no camera in it. Mm-hmm. And I would be very skeeved out if an unmarked car pulled up. And, you know, we don't know what the initial counter is with uh, the Nichols character. And he might have been a little disrespectful when they pulled him over because he wasn't sure they were cops or what they were. I just want to throw that out there. Thank you. And and the third point is the incredible bad language that these public servants exhibit uh, there was a transcript in one of the papers I read yesterday with all the F words as they were issuing lawful commands that you are expected to follow. And I just want to remind you of this. There was, you know where Toad's Place is in New Haven? It's a musical venue. No, I've only been there, in New Haven a couple of times. There was an underage drinking problem. So the undercover uh, officers had infested the place, you know, what they're on the dance floor. And the first command they issued was, Get on the effing floor, all of you mother effers. Mm-hmm. And then they proceeded. You know what? Public servants uh, issuing a command like that when you're in plain clothes and you're not even sure if they are officers, it seems so unprofessional to me. And I know in the context of a murder, that, you know, I'm, uh, you know, the language police to say, you know, get with it. You have to establish alpha domination. But I think it's one of the reasons people are afraid of the craziness of police and maybe the lack of compliance. And by the way, I'm one of those thin blue line people. I I love the police generally, but there's nothing good about this situation and the way they responded. All interesting points. I particularly like the last one, Dave. Thank you for that. There should be a quiet strength and quiet dignity that is displayed instead of a, a kind of manic panic, which seemed to be the vibe they were giving off. Joining us right now, William Swig, the co-host of the Ayn Rand Fan Club podcast. We're looking, as you know, and, and by the way, this situation speaks to the need for smaller government. And that I address it through the lens of this is demonstrating the evils of government. We see the evils of government all the time, but government is always pointing our eyes in other directions. So William is here to help us with the conversation. Thank you, sir, for being here. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Do you go by William, William, Bill, Will? What's going on here? Just William. William is fine. Okay. And uh, tell us about your reaction, if you don't mind. When you see a story like this Tyree Nichols story, how does that process in your small government, limited government mind? 
Um, this was the gentleman who was beaten by the police? Yes. Um, I am actually in favor of a police force. I believe in limited government, but I believe that we do need a police force to, um, you know, protect us and um, capture criminals. Um, when I see a beating like this and, um, you know, a police beating, it's very troubling. But first, I want to get all the facts. That's my first in- instinct is to collect all the facts and the evidence and see, you know, what actually happened. And from my viewing of the video, it seems pretty clear that this was an unjustified beating. Um, so that's my initial take. Um, I, I, I'm troubled by a lot of the rhetoric coming out of the media. You know, the media always wants to spin it mm-hmm. as some race, racist thing. And, and I was watching someone on a morning program today who was trying to say that the police were racist, even though they're black. And uh, I just think that's the wrong orientation. Um, I, don't, I don't think we know yet what the police were thinking. So um, I could be wrong because I haven't followed every aspect of the story. Well, the nature of that argument has some credibility, I think, because that argument is that these are racist institutions. And what they're really saying is this is demonstrative, I think, of institutional racism, that there are certain relationships that are preordained and that even black cops are going to look at a black suspect and say we can treat this guy maybe unconsciously in a different way. But I think there are other narratives there that are more important, like this is what happens when you have government power that's run amok. And when when they mess around with the normal flow of power by creating public sector unions and things like that, then you have protections in place for police officers that are disproportionate to what they should have and take away the ability of a manager to properly manage uh, people and to eliminate bad cops from the force so they can have a culture that's that's one you can feel comfortable with. So those are the types of dynamics I think about. Yeah, I believe there is a lot of corruption going on, and that's that's a problem, um, and it should be addressed. I, I'm not an expert on this topic. I don't know how you would address it specifically, but... I know you'd make smaller government. (laughs) Definitely smaller government. But again, I do think we need a police force, but it would need to be severely limited. And, you know, there needs to be a lot of public oversight. So I think these cops are being prosecuted for this. So I think that's one way to stop it. But certainly it's not perfect. Yeah, well, you're right to point out that there is a a swift prosecution coming, but it's been a long time coming, and it's happening because the uh, photography that is now compulsory makes it so vivid that there's, based on what we've seen so far, there's disproportionate force and and an utter neglect for the life of a person who's sitting there uh, still moving slightly, and still moaning and, and moving around, but clearly incapacitated, and they, they're more concerned with tying their shoes and, and uh, taking drinks of water and walking around in circles than they are with the fact that they've got a guy there whose life is in danger. Yeah, I do like to give the benefit of the doubt, but I just can't think of a rational reason for their actions in this case. It seems pretty despicable. 
So we're talking to William Swig. He co-hosts a podcast called the Ayn Rand Fan Club, which uh, suggests that he's a follower in some way of Ayn Rand, but not necessarily a religious one, more of a, uh, a, a fan of hers, which it's easy to be because she wrote those wonderful books that laid out the objectivist uh, philosophy in story form and other books that laid it out in philosophical argument form. What compels you to make this a big part of your life, William? Well, I was uh, raised a Protestant, and then when I went to college, I was introduced to Ayn Rand's philosophy, and she pretty much blew me away. And um, I became, you know, a more rational-oriented person, whereas I was very much in tune with faith before that. So I do see this conflict between, you know, rational orientation versus a faithful orientation, and I think. The reason leads to science and common sense and progress. Um, while I do come from the religious background, I do respect some traditions. So I think a lot of tradition, religious traditions as well, they come out of a common sense view of the world, but maybe they didn't have all the logic to back it up. So I'm kind of in between there uh, with religion and science. Um, and when I started really reading Ayn Rand, I, I became um, more of an objectivist, and I, I started accepting a lot of her arguments for things like self-interest and um, capitalism, and that's really what, you know, got me hooked. And then um, I started getting involved in the movement, but then later in life, I did realize I had a few disagreements with Rand, so that's why I'm mostly a fan now. Mm -hmm. I do still refer to myself as an objectivist, but more of like a free bird objectivist. I'm kind of on my own. I'm not, uh, no, what are, I'm can not you, attached to any organization. Can you think of any arguments of, of objectivism or any other small government philosophy that you uh, struggle with or you oppose? Well, first thing I noticed was the definition that Rand gave for capitalism. So under her definition... Um, all property should be privately owned, mm -hmm. and I, I, dis, I disagree with that. I think there are some cases where there sh public property is valid, but it, not under things like eminent domain. I think, for example, when some wealthy person donates a plot of land to the government for a, a road or a park, that might be an instance of you know, a valid form of public property. But there uh, doesn't necessarily have to be public property. I mean, it doesn't have to be government-owned. It could be turned over to some independent group with certain um, prerequisites put into uh, the uh, title for the property, say? Yeah, exactly. I would agree with that. I think that, for example, if roads were privatized, the government would have to put some stipulations on there where you can't block people from their homes or, you know, things like that. Uh, or have excessive tolls, you know, it, there'd have to be some sort of regulation of that property. Um, if in order we, for it to if be we lived in a society in that had started out the opposite way, like every, every, every society seems to start out with government in charge of things because it's natural for uh, when there is disorganization, for somebody to say, oh, look, I could take control of these people. All I need is these weapons and an army of this many people, and then I can be in charge. And it's from this perspective of conquest, I think, that there, that government is the presumed 
default necessity for how we run societies. But if we had a society that ran in the opposite way, where you just had these organic cells, say, of local management of certain things, like we have in our society today, we w I think we would look totally askance at the idea. We'd be appalled at the idea that somebody would propose having a government doing some of the things that are done routinely today. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and I think to some extent that did happen, right? I mean, people formed societies, they built cities, and then they decided, well, let's unite together and form a sort of state or a city-state. And then, you know, it kind of maybe got out of hand at some point, and they just started giving too much power to the government. Well, but, I, that, uh, this is where I am now, where you, if you create any government, I mean, we're looking at the American system where they worked so hard to put in their, our founding documents limits on what government could do. And government today pays no attention to those limits. It practices King George government. Yeah, I, I do think there were some flaws in the Constitution. Like it began with this, you know, promote the general welfare, or, you know, certain language which became clauses that enabled you know, people to twist it into their own meaning. And when we started getting these authoritarian forms of government or states or actual government institutions. Uh, so I do think there were flaws in the beginning you know, of America, and they need to be corrected or else we're going to continue down this path of socialism and we're going to become this collectivist state. William Swig is our guest. He's the co-host of the Ayn Rand Fan Club podcast. What else do you want us to know? We've got just a couple minutes. Uh, well, I just want to encourage people to unite, all the liberty-minded people to unite together and um, have these healthy debates. One thing that we're trying to do with the Ayn Rand Fan Club podcast is unite all of the fans of Ayn Rand, including libertarian friends and conservative friends and liberal friends, anyone who is pos has a positive view of Rand and was influenced by her ideas. We want them to get together and have these debates on the critical issues um, like we're having now and figure out maybe some problems that are in the philosophy or some problems with the idea of capitalism and solve these problems so that we can progress and move forward and, in my view, defeat the enemy of capitalism, which is, you know, the left and the socialists. Well, I, I think all we they're defeating themselves, I think. <laughs> I look at it a little differently. That we don't have to spend time trying to find flaws with capitalism or with um, objectivism. We have to get open people's minds up to the painful reality that's right in front of them of how horrific government is and how destructive it is. And but but because we've been so conditioned to think you have to have government and you have to have police and you have to have police unions oh don't you want people to be represented in their negotiation you know all that stuff is crap it's all anti-americanism that has been around so long that we think of it as being part of america yeah i agree we definitely need to open their minds to government overreach that's that's a big deal and you know we need to shrink the government get is there a uh, is there a website william for people to find the ayn rand fan club podcast it's, we have a YouTube channel, so just go on YouTube and search for the Ayn Rand Fan Club, and you'll find it. Well, that's pretty simple. Thanks for being here, sir. Thank you. Thank you for Good having me on. Good to talk with you. All right. It's a pleasure. William Swig, Ayn Rand Fan Club Podcast.
860-522-9842. That's what we need to do is think in terms of, because the, the arguments are there, the philosophy is there. The, the, and by the way, this is what the founding of this country was based on. So when they say these are American values and they're talking about communism, you can know that they're wrong because there was no communism built into the U.S. Constitution. The intention was government as small as possible. BPS Lawyers Traffic Center is where we're heading right now. Mark Christopher is there, and I'll bet you there's thousands of cars jammed up somewhere right now. In Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's Todd Feinberg. It's Todd Feinberg. Monday through Friday, 3 till 6 on WTIC News Talk 1080. Don't forget the rants coming up in uh, about 35 minutes. 860-751-4698. Ralph has been on hold from South Carolina. Thank you for your patience, Ralph. Todd, a few things I'd like to mention if possible. First of all, you're talking about the four-letter word with the other caller? Yes. And who are the ones that started using the four-letter word and nobody said a word? One of them was a congresswoman, a senator from New York, Phil Hillebrand. Using the F word? Oh, yeah? I didn't know and she was about, a big proponent. She was one of the originators? Yeah, uh, she was the first one, I believe, to use the F word. And then the other one uh, from Minnesota who uh, said, let's, with uh, Trump, let's impeach the MF. Remember? You're saying who popularized it for supposedly reputable people to use it in public speaking? Exactly. And nobody okay. criticized them uh, mm -hmm. at all. 
another thing I'd like to bring up is you have the uh, couple of senators uh, from Connecticut talking about the gun laws. Is one of them the Vietnam hero that was over in Vietnam shooting Viet Cong with his M16? Probably uh, both of them. Never, but never left the country? Yes. Uh, and, I mean, these, these people, to me, I'm sorry, they're nothing but the biggest hypocrites that walk the planet. Also, if you notice, Todd, uh, when the shootings in California, you had Orientals shooting Orientals. Uh, that died so quickly. And how many times have you heard what kind of weapons were used, Todd? Um, in the that's interesting. In the California, California I, I don't know the I don't, I don't know the answer to that. There were so many shootings going on that week. Did they not discuss what? weapons used? Not not at all. You know why? Because they weren't the kind of weapons that fit their narrative. So they were they pistols in both cases? It was never ever determined. At least I have never seen it on TV. Well, Ever. no, one of the guns, the, there was a guy who busted that fir the first Asian shooting 10 days ago or whenever it was. That yeah, sure. was, um, there were, he went to a second location and somebody subdued him there, a young guy subdued yeah, him, and, and he had a long gun there. Yeah, but he was at a, a, an AR-15. Oh, I don't, that I don't know. You're right, yeah. it could be, could be a shotgun because yep. some of the, the, uh, the shootings were done with shotguns. Mm-hmm. And these are just facts. And I guess the thing that bothers me, uh, people don't like to deal, in fact, especially the far left. Uh, another uh, Well, especially the media. You know, the, the, right. these are really media things. And the media is so, you know, they, they, have their, uh, they have their bias, but they also have a situation where they like to emphasize the parts of stories that they know will make the stories uh, get them a lot of clicks. Everything is social media driven today. Thank you for the call, sir. 860-522-9842. Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. What's up on the road, sir? Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's great to have you here. We've got a lot of important issues to discuss, and we are discussing them. Tony in Hamden. Hello there, Tony. So, Todd, so here's my take on what happened there. Mm -hmm. I think this kid was somewhere on, a, on some spectrum, okay, where he wasn't fully aware of what to do when he got flashed, okay? And I think he panicked, initially tried to get home, because I think that was his, you know, intent. He just wanted to get home to the safety of mom. And uh, if, if you notice, the cops, when they pull him over, they were already very aggravated initially. You yes. know what I mean? So something had already happened up to that point to get him to that to that state of uh you know, of high anxiety it or was, whatever. It was you already call elevated it. when we when we started seeing the video. That's that's what I think. And I think the kid again, not knowing the social cues, you know, uh, I forget which comedian did a whole skit on, you know, what you're supposed to do when you're black and you get pulled over. I think it might. I, I forget which one. Not not that I'm trying to make you know light of this, but I think the kid just didn't know how to act. He fought with the cops a little bit. They got him on the ground. Thought it was over. They were you know they roughed him up pretty good initially, but then he ran away. Okay, he disrespected them, and I think they they were sort of like at that point so amped up that when he ran away that second time. 
that's that was the trigger. The, the only and trouble I, with that story, Tony, is the way you're telling it is that what I saw is that they had him on the ground and there were four cops there, maybe five, and they were pushing him with their hands and they had him subdued and they were screaming at him what to do. And they were they were screaming silly things because they already had him pressed into a position. You know, they were telling him how to reposition himself, but he was already exactly. being squeezed down onto the ground by the cops. And then inexplicably from what we saw they start shooting with a taser and then while they're shooting with the taser they're not holding him so he takes off and that seems like a rational response if you can't figure out what these cops are up to and and you think they're maybe trying to kill you and what looks curious to me is that the cops don't already have them in cuffs before like this tasing looked totally unnecessary and why didn't they, while they were all pressing him down onto the ground and screaming at him why didn't somebody cuff him well that's that's where they yeah, look these guys were totally off the playbook you know what i mean even from the initial reaction even even if he hadn't stopped immediately and took him on a little bit of a wild goose chase they should have never done what they did because obviously they weren't worried about guns because they you know they immediately reached for the door and they're like dragging him out so they didn't think he right. had weapons i wouldn't right. be doing that if i thought the guy had weapons no that's a really good right? point so they thought some I, I, i'm almost at the point of thinking that one of these cops might have known who this kid was ahead of time it might have even known his cop from the hood kind of deal mm-hmm you know, and, and, and known who he was for some reason. I, I, I hate to go down that road, but it almost sounds like somehow there's more to this than what we're hearing. There's got to well, be there, more there, to this. Cause... There's always more, and it, the, the, that's why we want to follow the story from the beginning. Thank you, Tony, for good observations on that. Chris Powell joins us now from the Journal Inquirer. Chris, you keep having problems with government. Why is that? Well, it, it takes a lot of our uh, our money, Todd, and takes a, a lot of our attention, uh, and uh, not too many other people in the press are concerned about it anymore. So, and now, I, and now you're bizarrely, you know, with the state flush with money to the point where Ned doesn't know what to do. He's got to give out tax cuts left and right. It's like he's got little, uh, you know, go to tax cut free slips in his pocket that he just hands out on the street. And yet you're claiming there's child impoverishment going on. How's that possible? And child neglect. Well, I, I was kind of surprised uh, by a story the other day I saw in The Current. Uh, uh, it was about uh, this 24-7 uh, tutoring that uh, is available <clears throat> to Waterbury students from the school system. The story said that uh, 80% of the uh, the kids in the Waterbury school system are classified by the state education department as uh, as high needs, which is you know the polite euphemism for neglected kids. Uh, but the story also said, according to the state education department, 51 percent of all students in Connecticut are classified as high needs, uh, which is to say uh, neglected. And if if that data is uh, is accurate. Uh, this this state has no future. I mean, uh, these kids are not going to grow up uh, to be, you know, serious workers. They're going to be, you know, menial workers unless somehow uh, their, you know, high needs can be uh, dealt with early in their uh, their education. They're going to get out of 
out of high school, uh, you know, barely literate, uh, if if that. And what are they going to do? Uh, you know, they're going to qualify only for for menial work. And if this this uh, impoverishment is now afflicting more than half the kids in Connecticut, we got a we got a problem we don't even talk about. That's that's cosmic compared to, to the things we do. On the other hand, if you're running a political party that wants to see government always growing, then you need to have demand for government services. So it sounds like a really good plan. Well, I, I do think we we have a government that that is impoverishing uh, society. That's um, I think one reason why we have social promotion in the uh, in the, in the schools. Uh, uh, because we just don't want to enforce any standards. Uh, and if we don't enforce any standards, the kids are never going to learn anything. Um, uh, I, I, anyway, look, the, these figures were in the current the other day, and if 51% of the kids in Connecticut are, are classified as high needs, that is, if they are so neglected at home, uh, that, you know, they're not even, even, they're not even being fed by their parents before they get to school, we... We have a catastrophic problem here that is not being addressed. It certainly is catastrophic, and it's scary because you are talking about young lives, you know, and anybody whose who's humanity is alive a little bit looks at kids and, and, and feels some tug of potential and wonder of what they might become and what they might be able to do to help mankind. We all know that they need certain tools and they need certain abilities to grow up and become useful members for their own purposes of society. And and uh, what you're talking about is a, a deliberate deprivation that is being instilled into uh, thousands of kids in the state. It's kind of horrifying. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, you've got parents who can't or won't feed their kids. I mean, this is a this is a child neglect, child uh, abuse problem. I looked at Channel 3 the other night did a a story, the wonderful story about this, uh, basically a food pantry that's uh, been opened up in one of the uh, the Hartford Hartford schools, where you know kids can just come in and take food to take home with them. And uh, the school superintendent was shown giving a nice talk about it and uh, remarking about how proud she is about the daycare that they have at the, <laughs> the high school, so that. You know, 16-year-olds who uh, who have children can come to school and leave their kid in the in the daycare at the school. I mean, this is this is comprehensive social disintegration all around us. And and, and what's the the policy response? There is no policy response. I liked the um, the references. You had a story about Bob Duff looking to prohibit people who might have been involved with uh, the January 6th thing at the Capitol a couple of years ago and and wanting to ban people convicted of crimes uh, associated with that from holding public office. And I, I thought you had a good comeback on that. Well, yeah, I mean, Duff is, I guess, you know, looking to, you know, strike a, another left-wing pose to, you know, chin up the... Uh, the <clears throat> people on his side who were obsessed with Trump and everything like that. You know, he is joining this national group of legislators that wants to prohibit government jobs for anybody convicted of, you know, being part of that riot at the Capitol. Um, Well, you know, just down the road from South Norwalk uh, and Bridgeport, we we have a mayor who's uh, 
uh, did something like seven or eight years in prison for corruption during his first uh, stint as mayor in Bridgeport. And we don't have any law that prevented him from being uh, elected, uh, you know, mayor again. Um, Somehow didn't now, bother the Democratic Party that he could no, get it, reelected. No, it, it, it didn't. We've, we've skipped over that. So, you know, we're, uh, you know, Duff wants to, he's a Senate majority leader, and he, he wants to make it illegal for people convicted of the January 6th riot to hold public office or even have a have a government job well uh, because of the the insult to democracy in it well what's about what about the insult we have to democracy right here in Connecticut where we've you know we've we've got a, a, a felon running the state's largest city and he, he's moving in court now to try to get his law license back and and this doesn't upset the, the guys worried about the January 6th riot uh, uh, it's it's all all just trying to change the subject so we you know we just don't look at the problems we have close to home it's uh, quite remarkable and you do the best job imaginable of highlighting it for us so thank you for doing that chris it's great to have you here once again thank you todd chris powell journal inquirer and wtic bob duff of course senate majority leader from Norwalk and, uh, you know, standard hypocrisy, which is worth pointing out, but not getting too excited about because hypocrisy is what they do for a living. It's just what they're up to. 860 We're going to start rants in about uh, 10 or 12 minutes. This is uh, Benjamin Crump representing the family of Tyree Nichols, who, of course, is... Uh, whose case is now center of attention and we've been talking about today. And Ben Crump is, um, he's all over the TV stations talking about it. And, and he made, it's not often that I, I feel uh, the point being made by, by one of these lawyers who is always involved with these quote unquote civil rights cases. It's not often I find him compelling, but I thought he had some really good arguments here. Listen to this. It was very important to see that when black and brown people say the police are brutalizing us that we're telling the truth many people still question well they must have did something to cause this tyree nichols did nothing to cause this and the fact that they were five black officers uh we have to have larger conversations about the institutional police culture that says that it doesn't matter, son, if the officer is black or brown or white. Uh, that is the determining factor of whether or not they're going to engage in excessive use of force. But it is the race of the citizen. Well, of course, we don't know if it was the race of the citizen. That's the part where I disagree. What we can see is that the race of the citizen didn't protect him. And maybe that means... It doesn't have anything to do with race at all. In terms of the motivation of the police, the police are a protected class because they live in, inside of a rigged political system that provides rigging to make sure they can't lose their jobs, even when they should lose their jobs, just as we know there are bad teachers who should be relieved of duty, who don't get relieved of duty because of the rigged system within which they reside. I think the critical takeaway 
from this is that we're never going to have an appropriate response to the police killing of innocents if we don't force a confrontation between us and our rulers who provide that rigging in the form of special deals given to police unions in the police collective bargaining agreement. It just has to be addressed. If somebody's got an argument against that, I'd love to hear it. But I think we know that kids don't get proper educations because they are protected from having proper educations. The system is protected from having to provide them. And a lot of people aren't safe when cops are around because cops who are bad are protected and given permanent jobs by a sick system. 860-522-9842. That's my feeling. What's yours? We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher with the latest for us on WTIC. Hey, Mark. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.